So Cassie, last Wednesday at the Honda Classic Pro-Am, I had the chance to uh, walk inside the ropes with Brooks Kepka, 22nd ranked player in the world, breakout star at this uh, past fall's Ryder Cup. And we're, uh, we're walking on the ninth hole and this group of three girls, they look like they are maybe around our age, you know, mid, mid-20s. mid um, they're, they're walking by and you could hear kind of Brooks, Brooks in the background. And he's not really looking over at them because I'm sure he gets, you know, cat calls from girls all the time. But he finally <laughs> looks over and his face just lights up and he walks over and, and gives this uh, gives a hug to this girl who's uh, who's wearing a hoodie. And remember, we're in Florida. It's like 76 degrees out. Right. And I'm standing next to his caddy, Ricky Elliott, and we're both kind of staring at this girl because she's wearing a hoodie and we're curious and she looked kind of familiar. Well, she was familiar because it was Michelle Wee. That's the- Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice to be Brooks Kepka getting called out from the from the crowd by Michelle Wee. <laughs> what are the odds? Like you just just like Whoa. Michelle Wee like walking by and just being like, "Brooks, hey." <laughs> both both Nike athletes, so I guess that's the connection there, but There you go. Th- th- he's just he's like the king of cool. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> Well, I'm Sean, and I'm here with Cassie. This is episode eight of the postcast. We're going to have PGA Tour insider Ron Green Jr. on in a few minutes. He's headed down to Mexico City this week for the uh, WGC event south of the border. But before we do, we're going to address one of the hot topics in the world of golf. And it's kind of one where we have to tread lightly here because it, it involves politics, and we'll try not to get too much onto, the, onto that side. In light of players like Rory and, and Ernie Els and Lexi Thompson playing with President Trump recently, we asked the question, should golfers be judged for playing with political figures? Is, is that a political statement, whether they want it to be or not? If an elite golfer goes out and plays with a president or any kind of controversial figure, should we, should we judge them for it? I don't know. I honestly don't even know why this is a thing, mm. to be honest with you. I, I don't I don't see an issue with it. I mean, I, 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 he just got so I felt so bad for Rory last week. He got so much flack for it. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. Yes, this last election divided our country and affected other countries around the world. There's no doubt about that. But there, one person should not be judged for who they play golf with. I, I just uh, I, I'm like at a loss for words. I absolutely respect Rory for saying something too like that because I love the comparison when he said, I think, quote, I don't agree with everything my friends or family say or do, but I still play golf with them. <laughs> it just made me respect him even more. I mean, he, I don't think he deserved that backlash at all. No, no, me neither. This really gets under my skin because, yeah. because golf is a game. And when we play games, we're supposed to, you know, just play the game regardless of what someone else believes. I mean, I've played go- uh, golf games with people all the time who I don't, you know, consider myself in line with what they believe in, but you're playing a game. And when the president of the United States a- asked him to play a game, you know, he's not even from the States. He didn't come out and openly endorse him or anything. He's just going out and playing a round of golf, you know, at, at a place where he lives fairly close to with, you know, a president. I think, any one of us, if we were asked to play golf with a president of a country, would would say yes, right? Absolutely. I, I just, I, I honestly don't even know why this is a thing. And I don't know why people gave him so much backlash for it. I really don't. I, I'm so glad he came out and said something about it, too. 
Absolutely. You know, you know, I agree. It, it was it was right of him to put that out on Twitter and to kind of sit, come out and, and address it because people are calling him a bigot, completely unfair and, and out of line. And the same goes for Ernie Ells and Lexi Thompson. I know the Thompsons fairly well, and Trump has given them a lot of opportunities well before he was any any of this in terms of the presidency. And I mean, who's to blame them for for, you know, supporting him just as a person because he's given not just Lexi Thompson, but her brothers opportunities to play it as at his course. I, I don't blame them at all for that. And, and and I agree. How is this thing? How is this still a thing? Yeah. Well, like, why are we still? T- why do we still have to talk about it? Yeah, I, it's, I it's not something that we should have to talk about at all. And exactly. with that, we're going to go into our winners of the week. Ricky Fowler won his fourth PGA Tour event of his career, converting his first 54-hole lead into a victory. He had previously been 0 for 4 when co-leading or leading uh, an event on the PGA Tour after 54 holes. Cassie, he was 57 of 57 on putts of 7 feet or less. If you do that, it is it is difficult to lose. Incredible numbers. If I could make one putt of that length <laughs> per round, I'd be ecstatic about it. <laughs> but 57 out of 57, that's that's amazing. Machine-like. Yeah, exactly. Kind of reminds me of like Martin Keimer. You know how they call him the machine, but like <laughs> Ricky was a machine this past weekend. He was. The LPGA Tour, Amy Yang won the Honda LPGA Thailand after a bogey-free final round 68 to set a new tournament scoring record of 22 under par. That was good for a five-shot victory over So Yun Yu. So uh, now she has three LPGA career victories, so good for her. Yeah, she loves being out there in the heat. She she thrives out there. At the uh, Joburg Open, Darren Ficart picked up his fifth European Tour win at the uh, the, the rain-plagued 54-hole shortened uh, event there. The 41-year-old South African hadn't won since 2013, so so good on him. He buried the last hole to win the event by one stroke. No Web.com or Champions Tour events this week. And, uh, and one more note before we go into our interview with Ron Green Jr. It hasn't been the season that Bryson DeChambeau is looking for, Cassie. Four missed cuts, one withdrawal in 2017, and and now some harsh words for the USGA, which he later apologized for. Bryson called the USGA not a good organization after missing the cut at the Honda Classic. A media member caught him at a, a bad time. This all stemming from the fact that they did not allow him to use a putter that would be conforming to the to the rules of golf. Bryson has ditched the side saddle putting stroke and is now going conventional putting stroke. That's that's where he is right now. Harsh words, huh? Absolutely. That's nice. uh, that's tough. He did apologize for it, of course, saying that he was frustrated. It was a bad time, but but still, maybe uh, maybe some truth from uh, from from Bryson and, and how he feels. Right now, we're going to welcome on our PGA Tour insider, Ron Green Jr., who's headed to Mexico City this week for the WGC Mexico Championship. Ron, we're going to put you right on the spot here. Who is more likely to break through for their first major this year, Sergio or Ricky? I mean, they both had a win early this year. Um, Ricky, obviously, this past week at the Honda and Sergio on the European Tour. So who do you think would likely break through this year? Well, as a friend of mine who I've done 
golf radio show with for over a decade or about a decade now, and we do it on Wednesdays now on PGA Tour Radio. I have been saying for a decade that this is Sergio's year, so that's my story, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. All right. I like it. I, I think he's got a good chance. I think he's in – Sergio, obviously, his game's very good uh, most of the time. You know, like everybody else, goes up and down a little bit. But I think for Sergio, it's very important to, for him to be in sort of a good, happy place. And uh, he's got a – he's engaged, got a wedding coming up, uh, very happy uh, in that regard. And I think as much as any player, I think that impacts how Sergio plays. And I think, uh, you know, he he's – seems to be in contention most weeks when he plays and the kind of ball striker he is uh, i've always thought that he could really really be good at a, either an open championship or a uh, u.s open and uh, so maybe this is the year do you like ricky's ricky's chances yeah i do i think winning uh like he did at honda was uh, a big thing for him i think you know, what he did whatever it was a couple of years ago when he had all the top fives or whatever i mean he, he's a good player he's He's another one to me, a really good U.S. Open type player, I think. I, I don't know if I would immediately think of him at Augusta as his best chance. But, I mean, think about this. Of Wells Fargo is at uh, – not Wells Fargo. PGA Championship is where Wells Fargo is typically played at Quail Hollow in August. Ricky won his first tournament there, has played well through the years there. That might be a place for him. But, yeah, I, I think he's developed the seasoning uh, in his game to – to be there to put himself there and give yourself chances. And that's all you can do. You know, sometimes somebody just plays better or something fluky happens, but I think working with Butch Harmon, the way he has, I mean, he's got a guy who's eyes and ears and has the experience to sort of tell him and guide him. Uh, and in similar ways to what he's done with Dustin Johnson. Ron, this week's a little somber down in my neck of the woods here in South Florida. No Doral this week. Instead, the PGA tour is in, is in Mexico. What do you think the odds are that Miami becomes a tour destination in, in the near future? Well, I know when Jay Monahan sat down with us earlier this year, uh, the Doral question came up, and he said the tour is working to bring golf back to Doral. Uh, when and where and how uh, remained unclear. But I think uh, it's there's a real intention there to try to bring golf back there. I mean, it's uh, a huge market. It, I think, what was it, 52, 53 straight years at Doral. It, it's it's strange that it's not there now uh, this year because it's just it's just one of those instantly identifiable parts of the PGA Tour schedule in the early spring and, and seeing that 18th hole there and all that. So uh, I would hope that they get it back there. I think uh, I know they looked around other places. They looked for sponsors, uh, a combination of factors sort of conspired or came together to keep them from uh, – bringing it back there this year uh you know truthfully i I would love for it to be back there because i like going down there but it's going to be interesting to see what we see down in mexico city yeah so now we're south of the border no more derail it's unfortunate but rory like is back for the first time since mid-january he's teeing it up don't worry everyone president donald trump will not be there no let's not even bring it up anymore what are your expectations for him this week uh, for Rory or for President Trump? Ooh. <laughs> I like that, but Rory. Let's stick for, with Rory on this one. Let's not yeah, get let's into politics. Stick, let's, let's do stick with Rory. Uh, I, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm uh, anxious to see him play. I, it's good to have him back in the mix. Uh, you know, He was all set to go and then had the little setback there and had to take the time off. And my sense is he has taken the necessary time off to make sure he's fully well and can get going and won't be compensating for anything. Uh, I mean, I think he's 
outside of Tiger, Rory may be the biggest draw in golf. I, I think when he plays, people turn their heads. I, I think they do with Jordan Spieth too, but I think particularly with Rory and, and the potential he has to sort of add to things this year. I mean, as we get creep closer to Augusta and he gets back into the uh, quest to win the career Grand Slam, I mean, that will just heighten the anticipation. But, you know, I think if he comes out and plays really well right off the bat, I think that will really uh, just fuel the fire around Augusta. But, I mean, I love watching him play. And, and it's, it's, he's one of those guys, when he's in the field, it makes it better. Ron Rory got a lot of heat this week for for playing with Trump, and w- without getting going into too much into, into politics here, just the concept of an Ernie Els or Alexi Thompson receiving blowback from from playing with with a, a, a political figure like Trump. Do you think it was a, it was a poor idea on, on their ends to play, or just all kind of just blown out of proportion? I think it's blown out of proportion. Uh, I actually played with President Trump. He was not President Trump, but several years ago when he was opening a golf course he had purchased here in Charlotte. And uh, we got rained out after nine holes, but I at least can claim to have played golf with the president, sort of, before he was president. But, you know, I, I think, as Rory said in a statement, he put out a little thing on Twitter and social media just saying, you know, this was not about politics. This was, you know, respecting the office. And he got invited to play golf with the president. And I think, uh, you know, if that if he wants to do that, that's fine. I think, uh, you know, I mean, whether we are voted for him or not, Mr. Trump is the president and enough people voted for him that he won the election. And, you know, I think my sense was it was wholly a golf thing. Roy lives down there, down in that area, had the invitation, went and did it. And I, I thought nothing more of it. Sean and I debated this earlier in the show too. And we'd have to agree with you. Like this was just way blown out of portion. I, we don't even know why this is a thing. Just it shouldn't be a thing. Out. Exactly. Ron, but everything's a thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. Everything is a thing nowadays. <laughs> Ron, you had a great article this week in the Post. Everyone should visit globalgolfpost.com and read it right now, where you spoke with Butch Harmon, and he commented on Dustin Johnson and his ability and how he matured over um, a couple of other students Butch had with Tiger and Norman and whatnot. What did Butch kind of point to as the main reason why DJ has been able to figure things out here so recently and so quickly? Well, I think just, I think attitude is part of it. As he said at one point, he said, Dustin used to be complacent and he's not complacent anymore. I think he, he has sort of a stoic image out there and, and Dustin sort of goes to his own drumbeat out there and sort of almost looks like he's just drifting along, but but says, you know, there's really a pretty intense competitive fire in there that doesn't come out, doesn't project necessarily. But now that he's got a son, he's going to be a father for a second time. He said that that matters to Dustin, that that's a big deal. And the, he's seen a change in his sense of responsibility and how he's going about things. And you know, we've always known he had this great physical talent, ability to do things and and whether it was himself or something else got in his way a lot of times in major championships. But he, uh, to use Butch's word, it was like water off a duck's back. He just kept going and looking forward. And he said he's got the great gift like Tiger and Norman, former number ones that Butch also taught, that, that he can let go of what just happened and move on to the next thing. And it obviously, in Dustin Johnson's career, that's a hugely valuable asset. And he's like anybody else. When you get the confidence going, I think he plays with such confidence. And, and he's the kind of guy now – other players look to see his, you know, if they see his name on the leaderboard, you know they're thinking, oh, here he is again. Because, I mean, he drives it so far and he's 
he's sort of gone to this little soft fade off the tee that's uh, sort of kept some of the, the wild misses, the occasionally wild miss off, off the charts there a little bit. And, uh, you know, and he putts well. He's, he's not, he doesn't putt like Jordan Spieth, but he putts really well. You don't win and have the success he's had without that kind of uh, being able to putt. And then, you know, it's been well documented what he's done working on his wedge game. And there's probably something for those of us who just play for fun there that we could learn. Just go spend time working on wedge play and look at what it did for Dustin Johnson. Imagine what it could do for us. <laughs> and and Butch shared Dustin's incredible ability to guess his yardages when he hits wedge shots. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, hitting a shot, guessing how far he hit it, and then turning to track man, see how close he is. Now that's when you've got some serious touch. Hmm. <laughs> Ron Green Jr., thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Well, thanks to Ron Green Jr. for joining us and giving us some perspective on Mexico, Rory McIlroy, and just the WGC event happening this week, which leads right into our schedule of the week. How about that? PGA Tour is in Mexico City for the WGC Mexico Championship. Um, We welcome back Rory to the tour, which is very nice, but unfortunately, we're without Jason Day due to a double ear infection and the flu. The rest of the top 10 is there and then some. I feel like this is one of the best fields of the year on the PGA Tour. And plus, we get to see a new course i'm excited for this week plus um many big names won early dustin jordan ricky sergio went on the european tour should be a fun week down south of the border absolutely i saw an interesting stat recently cassie the average Mm -hmm. age of the winners on the pga tour this season is about 28.7 before from 2000 to 2013 it was 33.4 so it has really gone down recently. Young, young guns. Young guns, absolutely, making, uh, making names for themselves. At the HSBC Women's Champions, Hana Jang will defend her title in Singapore. All of the top five players in the world will be there. Lydia Ko, Aria Jutanagarn highlighting that field. The European Tour is at the Tashwani Open this week at Petroria Country Club in Waterkloof, South Africa. Unfortunately, they won't have their defending champion, Charles Schwartzel, as he will be in Mexico City, but a good field nonetheless. Darren Clark, Trevor Immelman, David Horsey, Richie Ramsey, just to say a few. And as with last week, no web.com tour, no champions tour. They will pick things up in mid-March. And we will go right into Bingo Bango Bongo, recapping the Honda Classic. Cassie, I finally got one. Yes. Yes, you did, Sean. <laughs> I finally got one. I picked Ricky Fowler to win and uh and, and he came through for me. That was uh that was the highlight of my week. Well, let me tell you the tell you my highlight. <laughs> I went 0 for 3. <laughs> Russell Knox, <laughs> Daniel Berger, and Brooks Kepka, 0 for 3 for Cass, so that's but, solid. But but you picked Kepka to miss the cut, so you do get a point. Sh- sure, if, <laughs> if we count that. But I went over. I we're going over three. I mean, just cut, cut, cut. It's just it all, is what it is. Cut, cut, cut. There. I had Trey Molinax as my sleeper. He he missed the cut. I had Martin Keimer just to disappoint. He came tied for fourth. But we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to focus on Ricky Fowler. Focus on your win. There. <laughs> of course, yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the. WGC Mexico Championship. To win, I'm going to go with uh, Henrik Stenson. I haven't picked him in 
we all know how good of a player he is. It's going to be a short ball striking course. The ball is going to go far. Henrik Stenson's my man with with that tr- tremendous iron game. Yeah, and we haven't seen him on the PGA Tour yet this season, except in the WGCs. So I'm interested. I'm going to be interested to see how he plays. And uh, I'm also going with the European. I'm going Martin Keimer. Obviously, you just mentioned uh, T4 last week. I think he's due for WGC. You know, he's one of players, U.S. Open, PGA Championship. So other than another major, I think this is the next step in his career. I like it. Absolutely. Good good pick. There's there's no cut this week, Cassie. So we, we don't have a player to surprisingly miss the cut. But I thought what we could do is maybe player who will finish outside, let's say, the top 40 in in okay. the in the tournament just I can go uh, with that. yeah a, a player who will not play well let's say that you know all these guys who are in the field are good players so you can pick pretty much anybody i'm going to go with brooks kepka after he really struggled and and missed the cut by 9 shots at the honda classic maybe just some carryover not playing well having to go to a new course i'm i'm going to i'm going to pick him yeah, but going back to like, there's no cut. Wouldn't that be nice to like play in a PGA Tour event and you're not play well, but you're still going to get paid? Of course, you still have to get to that point, right? You have to be really yeah. good to get to that point. But yeah, that true. would be that would be nice. True, true. Um, my player to um, what did we say outside the top forty? Outside the top forty. Outside the top forty, it's going to be Patrick Reed. Hmm. Um, his last three events, starting at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he finished. T68, T23, and T59. So he's making the cup but not playing up to his standards right now. He didn't play last week at the Honda, so maybe that week off is what was what he needed. Let's see how he does this week, but I'm not feeling it for him. If every week was the Ryder Cup, Patrick Reed would be number one in the world. Is there any doubt about that? Like, and break every record ever set by, I feel like, anyone. <laughs> he so. turns into an animal when the Ryder Cup comes around. A little disappointed, a little unsatisfied with how the rest of his career is, has panned out. I know he's won, but a lot of those events have been kind of off-season events. And, yeah, you know, he, he he won at Doral, I know, but a little let down by uh, by by his career. I, I feel like he could do a lot more. My sleeper this week is going to be uh, Johnny Vegas. He came up with a fantastic final round highlighted by an ace at the, uh, at the 15th hole at the Honda Classic. And he got beers for everyone in the media center. So I'm pretty happy with him right now. And I'm going to pick him as my sleeper. And he got a car. And he got I a mean, car. Honda did not have to do that because Scott Stallings had made a hole-in-one on Thursday at the same hole. But Honda was nice enough to give them both CRVs. Pretty awesome. My sleeper this week is going to be Tommy Fleetwood. Hmm. Um, not everyone might, you know, you might not know the name, but he's number one in the race to Dubai rankings on the European tour thanks to his win in Abu Dhabi. Um, at the HSBC Championship, and then he finished T3 at the UBS Hong Kong Open. So, um, And that Abu Dhabi field um, had the likes of Dustin Johnson and Martin Keimer in it. So you might not know his name, but I feel like he's ready for a big breakthrough win, uh, so people will remember his name. Remember, Tommy played well in San Francisco at match play a couple of years ago when he, when he made the semifinals. He's a, he's a good player. Not a lot of people know about him. Kind of like uh, Terrell Haddon last week. Kind of one of these uh, under-the-radar guys who, uh, who is really a strong player. Yeah, agree, agreed with that statement. All right, people. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Be sure to visit globalgolfpost.com to read our weekly magazine. And also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Global Golf Post and you should be able to find us. 
So until next week, for Sean and I, hit them straight. See you later.